0: Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the Women Who Work podcast. This week Joy and I get together again after the birth of our new daughters and discuss all things newborn. And when you have your second, you realise it's actually significantly
1: tougher. Sorry for all those those first-time mums. But it's a different challenge, but it's the same with anything.
0: And we also talk about our pilot mentoring scheme which we are very excited to launch at the end of the year
1: <laughs> we we will also be on the program looking for support from other women
0: who are going we back we need all the help we get. <laughs> yeah 100 <100%. laughs> percent. so yeah thanks so much and we'll we'll give you feedback as it goes um, and hopefully get some great ideas from the the amazing women who are joining us on the on the program yeah we're super excited about it thanks so much for joining us and we hope you enjoy the episode Halsey and I are back.
1: And (laughs) we are back with our second daughters. We've
0: both had a daughter in the last month. Unbelievable. You'd think we planned it.
1: (laughs) I know. In fact, my daughter is in my arms right now. So she's two and a
0: half weeks old. Whoop. (laughs) Very impressed that she's basically on a podcast at two and a half weeks. Oh my gosh, she's basically famous. <laughs> um, so, congratulations to Aldi for gorgeous Felicity. Thank you, and to you too, lovely Minty, who I haven't even had the chance to meet yet, sadly. But hopefully, we'll get to meet very soon.
1: I'm sure you will soon. So, I apologize to all podcast listeners if you can hear some little squeaks in the background. Uh, that is uh, that is my daughter, Minty. <laughs> They're
0: currently quite adorable sounds, but if things kick off, then we are there. Have to reassess. We might mute you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we are back, and we
1: thought it'd be really good juncture to do a podcast again, just the two of us, to fill you all in on what we've been up to. So we've been a little quiet we've both uh, in the meantime since our last podcast that was just the two of us we have as i say had two children each well one children one child each um a second daughter um so we are we're in midst of newborn territory on that um and we've got lots of other exciting things to update you all on um including our mentoring scheme etc but we thought it'd be great to talk about our initial challenges what we've been through the last sort of month etc and how we found the transition into motherhood for the
0: second time yeah i have to say it's been challenging um i guess the additional challenge that we face this time is that we also have a toddler a 2 year old who has a whole another set of needs and requirements and everything else going on so rather than just being able to focus purely on the newborn that we were able to last time um this time we've got a whole another person to factor in in our families yeah, so how's your childcare situation for the toddler being, Elsie? Have you
1: still have you still got full time childcare for Georgina?
0: Yeah, we decided to keep Georgina's place at nursery full time for now. My new daughter's six weeks old, and my plan is that at some time between now and me going back to work, we might drop down from five days to four or three, depending, um, so I can spend some more time with Georgina and do some fun stuff with her during the day. Um, but for now, we just thought let's keep her routine the same keep the stability of nursery the same and also give us some breathing space at home with the new baby and allow me to like really bond well with the new baby so and do you feel like that's to, happened yeah it ha- it definitely has I think I think Georgina is really happy to get out and um, go to nursery and have fun stuff to do and be stimulated and all that kind of thing and also has definitely given me the chance to you know establish breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff um, which is great how about you what's your what's your setup at the moment Yeah, so we've actually had a
1: new nanny started, which is amazing. Um, She has just been such a blessing. So she started about two weeks before uh, Minty arrived, which was great. It gave a bit of time for Arabella to settle in. So Arabella now does three days a week with the nanny and two days a week at nursery, which she's loving. So she loves her nursery days, but she does get very tired. So it's quite nice of her to have a little break in between. Um, with the nanny and the nanny is just such a, such a joy. She just helps with housework and, and I know some nannies don't, and there's a bit of controversy around it, but our nanny does. And <laughs> the house is always immaculate. <laughs> she does all the washing, et cetera. So I feel so, so lucky to have five days a week childcare for Arabella because honestly, it's when, when you're exhausted from the nights, um and you're obviously recovering from quite a significant ordeal on your body it is so so amazing to have that 5 day a week support um and and i you know i know there's a lot of mums out there who don't and one of the blessings of being able to get some maternity support from work. So so what I'm constantly thinking is, thank goodness I'm on full pay at the moment, because it means that we can keep those childcare arrangements in place. And exactly. I really, really feel for anyone who doesn't have that luxury, because it is really hard if you're doing both of them,
0: just because they have such different needs. I really don't know how anyone does it. I honestly don't.
1: (laughs) I Um, know, I know. And I know lots of people, like most of my friends, to be honest, don't have five day a week childcare. But you've also got to remember that you, you do do the weekends as well. So and don't you when you say you've got full-time childcare, you do have two days a week where you're doing both
0: of them. In the weekend, I mean it's just like complete role reversal, where before it'd be like, oh, Friday night, we've got the weekends, we can relax, have a line, and now it's like, oh God, Friday, the weekend. Oh my god, I dread the (laughs) weekend. I'm dreading the Christmas break already. (laughs) I've had the added drama over the last few weeks that my husband went into hospital two weeks ago with really major appendicitis and had to have an operation and we were obviously in A&E for hours and all this kind of stuff with um, a four-week-old baby was dramatic and really stressful. And thank goodness my mum happened to be in London at the time so I was able to look after my daughter. But, you know, thinking about my last daughter at one month old, I never would have left her. In this case, I was sort of forced into leaving her completely out of the blue, having to rush into hospital in the ambulance. My mum had to bottle feed her basically for the first time. I had to leave her for hours on end. So it was really dramatic and very stressful. One thing that's come out of it, actually, while we were in hospital, I arranged to get a nanny to come and help me for a couple of weeks because obviously I knew my husband would be out of action. And she's been with us for two weeks now and it has been an absolute dream. I don't know how I'd have done it without her. So has she been
1: helping with Felicity?
0: yeah she has so for the first so last week when uh, my husband was in the hospital the whole time I was going in for sort of four or five hours a day and Felicity was staying with the nanny bottle feeding you know seems to be working fine which is fantastic and um, and then when I get home she's helping with housework and things and I think because of the sort of state I was in effectively being a single mom with two kids temporarily she's been so helpful with you know housework and cooking me lunch and all sorts of lovely stuff like that she's just been a joy and i genuinely don't know what i would have done without you tempted to keep her a bit longer <laughs> <laughs> i would love to <laughs> she's such a nice like presence and energy in the house as well like we just get on really well um Aww. which is such a relief because that's always been one of my slight reticence with having a nanny is that you've just got like another presence in your house and given our house yeah, can be a big you know if you don't get on well if it doesn't work easily then I can imagine it's rubbing me up the wrong way a bit. But in this case, I haven't found that at all, which is amazing because I emailed an agency. They sent me one CV because I needed them to start basically the next day for a few weeks. They emailed me one CV. I said, fine, we had a quick call. She popped over for a quick meeting and that was it. So there was very limited vetting, but we've just struck gold and have got really lucky, which is amazing. That's great. And maybe we need to update our table and... uh say how great nannies
1: are now (laughs) when you've got two children
0: (laughs) yeah I think I think that's the thing with the the whole childcare journey is that your needs and requirements do just change over time don't they exactly Um, exactly you can't when you have one child
1: you think that's really hard um you know there were times when I felt during my first maternity leave that you know it was really tough for various reasons I mean I've talked at length about how I didn't love my first maternity leave and so, and and so, when you think when you're gosh thinking of your 2nd you're like, I can't even imagine it. But then, when you have your second, you realise it's actually significantly tougher. Sorry for all those <laughs> all those first time mums, but you it, 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 it's a different challenge. But it's the same with anything. I mean, you know, I said, Gosh, I can't do my GCSEs. Gosh, I can't do my A levels. Yeah. Gosh, I can't get a two one at university. Gosh, I can't pass my law exams. You know, I've always you know said that and you do it you get on with it and you exactly work hard and you and you make it happen so you know it's hard but it's you know it's doable and it's there is that something you
0: adapt to isn't it perennial debate of what's a bigger jump the the jump from zero kids to one kid the one jump from one kid to two kids you know which is more significant and I guess we're we're so early in having number two that we probably don't have that clear of an opinion formed yet but the jump from zero to one just changes everything in your whole life. You go from just being an individual or a partner with your husband or wife to suddenly being a mum, and that's for me was a seismic shift, whereas the jump from one to two you know your whole world isn't changing, obviously it's busier and harder, and there's more people that need you and and want you, and your family's bigger, but it's not as a uh, seismic it wasn't a seismic a shift for me so far as as going from zero to one. I totally agree, but interestingly. Most of kind of people that I've spoken to say
1: that the jump from one to two is harder. Almost everyone, I think, said that. And I think I've seen like blogs and stuff on that. But I yeah. agree. I think it's way harder going from naught to one because. With one to two, I found I instantly know much more about what I'm doing. Yeah. Our setup is so much better, yeah. um, you know, in just in terms of I've got all the right stuff. I know how it's going to be. Yeah. Like Even just having a kind of next to me crib thing, which I didn't have first time around, it, um, it is so much easier in terms of the night's. I mean, at times when I had number one, I was like sleeping on the sofa with her, like cluster feeding all night. I had no idea what I'm doing, what I was doing. And it's not that I know what I'm doing now, but I've got a slightly better idea and I'm much more confident with her. You know, I just put her down in the cot. Whereas number one, you know, I let her sleep on me the whole time. And also you've kind of got all the stuff. So like when, yeah. when you feel like, oh gosh, I'm, they're getting a bit bored or I need to do some sort of entertainment. Oh, I'll just get my play mat that I already had up in the cupboard you know you've got all the stuff you know what you're doing it, it yeah I, I massively feel like the transition hasn't been as bad as maybe that's to all one. to come
0: who knows well that's what I'm worried <laughs> I'm
1: thinking gosh imagine when you've got a sort of three-year-old and a five-year-old <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that's like when the real
0: change hits <laughs> um, and how was leaving work for you joy has how's that been different this time around compared to last time Interestingly, I just
1: felt like I really couldn't work in the months leading up to having my second. I just I don't know I don't know what was wrong with I had like massive pregnancy brain. I, I really, really struggled to work. Um and so I actually ended up leaving a bit early. So I left. I had a month off before my due date, which was five weeks before the date I actually gave birth, because I was late and then I got induced um which was not ideal and so so it was kind of strange having that having a whole month before I was even due and leaving work itself I'd kind of slightly wound down in my head a bit already which is not I, I don't know why that happened I think perhaps I was just a bit kind of demotivated um I, I don't know but
0: but i know that you had a totally different experience alzi <laughs> you you worked right up to the wire i did work up to the, to near the end which i planned to do um partly circumstantial because one of the colleagues on my team who was taking over the majority of my clients was getting married and then was on honeymoon for a few weeks and he got back a week before my due date and i didn't want to hand my clients over to him and then have them handed back to me while he was away and then back to him again So I just thought I'm going to keep them under my remit until he gets back Um, and just to keep my fingers crossed that the baby doesn't appear early, which she didn't, thankfully. So, yeah, I worked right to the end and actually things were busy sort of right to the end, which I found really challenging, especially when friends of mine were leaving work earlier. I was like, what am I doing? This is nuts. I'm so tired. And with obviously with having a toddler already, you don't get the breaks and rests over the weekends that I did in my first pregnancy but that's actually
1: really about your second pregnancy isn't it it's the I think that's, that's it doing full-time work followed by full-time childcare. yeah there's no rest there's no downtime
0: yeah I think that's really challenging but actually in hindsight my daughter ended up being 10 days late so had I taken off more time before I would have been I probably would have been tearing my hair out by the time she arrived I mean I was and how, anyway, did you, how did you how did you find her being 10 days late The first week of her being late was okay. I was sort of under control. And the second week I was really struggling.
1: You lost Um, your mind.
0: I lost my mind. She (laughs) She was back to back. Not that anyone knew that until she was born. But because of that, labor basically started and stopped about five times. So I was in labor on and off for five days. And that was just mentally so challenging. Every time thinking this is it, it's going to happen now. And then... It all just dwindled away. It also culminated in the fact that she was born on the same day as my first daughter, so they share a birthday, which is slightly and incidentally, the day the Queen died, and the day the Queen died. What an auspicious day to have been
1: born! I feel like that's I feel like that's a really good sign because it, I think a, a child being born on the day the Queen dies, it's you know, it's a massive. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but it's sort yeah. of like it's a meaningful
0: the reincarnation of a powerful woman change her name to elizabeth (laughs) elizabeth regina it was a bit a bit depressing when we sort of emerged from hospital with our new baby and the entire country went into 10 days of mourning (laughs) (laughs) and i refused to have the tv on i was like i'm not watching like um all the news and information coming in about it I was like just had a new baby I want to be joyful and not be watching <laughs> watching all this depressing stuff yeah. yeah that is actually quite amusing. but I feel yeah. like
1: a new powerful woman has been born into exactly. the women who work clan I mean you know who knows what she might become who knows indeed <laughs> Very exciting.
0: I, I found it's leaving exciting work way. this time more difficult I think um I think because I've got a bit more responsibility at work from a team perspective than I did before now heading up my team. The first time I went on leave, I was sort of a lone wolf. It was basically look after my clients, try to win new business myself. No one else was really, you know, depending on me or anything like that. I think it was, that made it a lot easier to leave. It was sort of cleaner. Whereas now, you know, I'm, I'm still involved. I'm still going to, try and maintain an involvement because I'm managing a team. What does that look like in practical terms? Are you logging in once a
1: week or once a month or uh, you I, know how, how are you keeping in touch? How are you managing
0: it differently given your step up uh, in your role? So what I'm still doing is my um TA, our team assistant sends me a weekly update, sort of roundup of everything that's happened with the client. So this person's buying a house. This person's adding some money to their portfolio. This person's, you know, just sort of update on news. We've had a meeting with these guys and that went really well, that kind of stuff, which is helpful because it just keeps my keeps my eye in. Um, it means that I don't go back devoid of all information and having to catch up on months of work. Um, I'm checking my emails occasionally. The main things that it means from a leadership perspective is that I'm going to be doing people's appraisals at the end of the year. So obviously I have to be in touch with them and, and get up to speed with that. Um, I'm also taking part in a a sort of leadership management course through work. My boss said to me, you know, we've got this opportunity. We're starting this new scheme in the office. It's obviously going to start while you're on maternity leave. Do you want to be involved in it? We really want you to be on the, on the course. And I just sort of felt like I couldn't say no to that. And I'm sort of comfortable with the amount of time commitment. It's sort of three hours a month of, of, um, sessions and then other sessions you know what I think is really great about that? I think
1: it's really good that your bu- your boss still asked you, because I think quite a number of employers um might not ask someone who's going on maternity leave to join a leadership course whilst on maternity leave because they feel like, you know, that's not fair on them, you know, with the best of intentions, they feel like they shouldn't interrupt them intentionally yeah. or whatever. But I think it's really, really great that your boss asked you yeah. to be on it, even though you're off, because then you've got the choice. I mean, I know you felt like you couldn't say no, but you've, you've got the choice. You could have said no. And also you might have been really disgruntled had you not been asked and yeah. other people had been put forward instead. So I think, yeah. it's, I think all employers and um, anyone, any male um, colleagues listening should always ask and, and give that opportunity to women who are going on maternity leave um, in order for them to be able to
0: join. Yeah. When I say I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't say no, I don't mean like I was compelled against my will. I mean, like <laughs> it was such a <laughs> <for> clarity. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I felt like it was such a good opportunity it sounded really exciting I really wanted to do it I talked to my husband and said look this is a commitment what do you think your boss forced you um, into and- it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah and I've said before okay. on this um and written my blog that having an, a good relationship with your boss is just such a gift because you know I've worked with my boss for a decade and I feel like we can be really frank with each other and really open and had I not wanted to do it and been like look it's just not the right time for me can I do it another time I know he would have been completely relaxed about that um and he like you've said just wants to make sure that those opportunities are open to me likewise the odd meeting or pitch or whatever you know having the option to be involved in that if I want to be I think it's great I mean it, it muddies the waters of maternity leave, right? You know, some people are like I don't want to check my emails. I want to be completely one hundred percent. Yeah, how do you feel about that, like mentally? Because
1: I, if I get an email, I almost like mentally just
0: can't get my head in the game. Yeah, I think I'm. To be honest, from an email perspective of stuff, I'm completely passive. I'm not talking to any clients. I'm not doing any trade-related stuff. I'm just that's all just ticking over mentally. I I struggle with checking out anyway. You know, I'm that loser on holiday who's checking their emails all the time. Um, <laughs> not all the time, once a day. Because you want to um, as well. Not because just you're because, being forced to. No, I'm not being forced to at all. <laughs> I think I'm like a, I'd rather know than not know kind of person. A control freak, basically. Um, yeah, which is why you I think not handle your baby being late. No, I couldn't at all. Not not to schedule. I was not not happy. About I'm it. the same. Don't um, worry, we're we're the same. Yeah, but I think from a client perspective, I've handed that all over entirely. Um, funny enough, I was logging in for that first leadership training course, and it was right around the time of the mini budget drama. And there were lots of emails going around about what we were doing about our bond positioning and currencies and things like that. And I started having a look at portfolios and I was just like, <laughs> do not do that. Do not Take open it the down. system. Just close that. That's the danger of this leadership course. It means I'm on my laptop more than I was last time. And so I'm just sort of delving in, trying really hard to stop myself, because if you're going to give someone the autonomy to look after your clients while you're away, you need to give them that. Properly, yeah. And you can't. Interfere. You can't be interfering exactly. No. So it's, I managed um, to
1: stop myself. <laughs> it's it's an interesting one. I think it's as soon as you open your laptop, it, it then kind of delves into a whole realm of possible activities. I mean, my laptop is a work laptop, so as soon as you log it you're sort of you're on. Um, yeah. I, I think in a way it'd be good to have a sort of separate personal laptop, which I don't have, um, but maybe in the future might might get. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's, for me, it's very much day by day. So obviously my daughter's two and a half weeks at the moment is recording this. And it, it is you know, some days I feel better than others. Some di- days she slept better than others and I've got more energy and I feel kind of great. Right. I can write thank you cards and <laughs> yeah, all the admin that is on my to-do list. And then other days, yeah, it feels, it feels impossible, um, to do anything or get my head in the game. So it is a sort of day-by-day, I think, activity. But it's great that you're in terms of practical steps, you've got that sort of weekly email that you can delve into as and when you're ready to to do it, which I think is great. And what I
0: did last time, um, I started after Christmas, so once my baby was three months, was I had a weekly call with my boss and he updated me on sort of corporate news, things that were going on around the office, things that were happening with clients, what we were doing in portfolios, just to sort of, general half-hour catch-up which I found really helpful as well and at some point when I'm feeling a bit more human post my husband being discharged from hospital I'll I'll get that going as well because I think that's a useful thing again some people completely the opposite just don't want to do anything and I totally understand that I can see that it's also very early
1: days for us um we definitely do we'll do another podcast later on in our maternity leaves um kind of talking about where we've got to, et cetera, because it's going to change, as I say, day by day and week by week. And in terms of current affairs, I know you mentioned this, but on the day that we're recording, Liz Truss resigned yesterday, which is fascinating. (laughs) I mean, the turbulence that's going on, it's just unprecedented. So um, I've been very much kind of reading the FT whilst I've been breastfeeding, um, which I actually find relatively uh, a good way of keeping keeping in with current affairs. Joy, I think it was that
0: grilling you gave her about childcare costs. <laughs> That's what did it. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> she just couldn't keep up with the pressure. <laughs> I mean, by the end of October, we will have had three Prime Ministers this year.
0: It's crazy. Isn't which it? is
1: extraordinary. Um I I don't know if I should admit this or not, but I I am a member of the Conservative Party. (laughs) And so I have managed to uh, wangle myself a vote uh, as to who the next prime minister is twice this year. So I will get another vote for Liz Truss's replacement. Um, And I got a vote between Rishi and Liz Truss previously. So um, very undemocratically, uh, I am one of those. 100,000 100, people <laughs> who get to choose who are prime ministers. I mean, I'm not going to say who I voted for last time. <laughs> um, but I, and I don't know who the, who's going to be uh, on the list this time coming round. but it's, well, actually by the time this podcast is released, I will have chosen,
0: I would have voted. And yeah. The next prime minister will hopefully be in office. This is like, have I got news for you? We have to sort of pretend we're in the future talking about the past. We don't really know what's happening yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So anyone listening to this, this this whole chapter of us talking
1: about current affairs will be completely outdated (laughs) by the time (laughs) it comes, which is really interesting. So, Alzi, when are you um, planning on going back to work? Have you
0: thought about that yet? Have you structured that in your mind? Yeah, I have a bit because as with my last leave, my husband is going to do a few months of shared parental leave. So because of that, we have to be, we have to put a plan in now because his company have to factor in his time off work and our companies together have to sort of sort out the shared parental leave behind the scenes stuff. So my plan is that he is going to have June off and so am I. So we're going to have June off together, which will be really nice um, and Amazing. go away somewhere. That's and awesome. Make, yeah, which will be really nice. And then I will go back to work. He'll have July off and then he'll settle the girls into nursery in August um, and go back oh, so to So you've decided, that will they both go full-time into nursery? That is the plan. So they're both signed up um, to be full-time from then. That's the plan. Who knows if we change our minds between now and then, but but as it stands, that's what we're going to do. And funny enough, most of the kids in Georgina's class also have younger siblings and they're all going in in the baby room at the same time, which is quite sweet, actually. So... Be a nice little crowd. That's great. So, yeah, you'll that's... go back to work what first of August? No, I'll go back in the end of June. Oh, end of June, because Then, Rob will take...
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, amazing. I, I'm i thinking I'm going to return to work either the first of May or the first of June. I'm not quite sure how that looks like yet. Um, and there may be kind of news that that might follow, but uh, that that's the plan as at today um so it's uh it, it kind of feels to me I feel I feel like that's really soon I don't I don't know why I I know that it's not we're, we're recording this in October but it feels to me like first of May's really soon and I'm I think worried is that that because I'm not you took be longer ready. last time I took 10 and a half months last time yeah so this will be less yeah. time so maybe I I feel uh, yeah I, I feel kind of like it is really really soon but I I keep trying to remember that it's within our gift to choose. So yeah. if if I want more time, I can ask for more time. And yeah. we we're, we're able as women to do that. Um yeah. I don't need to be pressured. But obviously, as as this whole podcast is about, I want to push forward my career and I want to go back kind of all guns blazing as I think I did last time. And so and so it's a kind of question of when is that best in the career in your career structure how you know how does it work in terms of promotions and things like that um at your at the firm that you're in and I know it's it's kind of different in the legal world as it is in the investment management world but it is something that you do need to consider that having said that you know you definitely shouldn't go back to work early if you're not ready I think the main thing for me is that I need both children to be sleeping through the night consistently so that I'm I've got a good platform to go back with. Yeah, go back in the right way. Yeah, I think it's critical, and I think we've talked about this before, I think it's critical to go back ready and really ready to give it your all. I think if you go back slightly half-hearted, your children aren't sleeping through the night or, or whatever the case might be, your childcare arrangements aren't completely ready, then you're just going to set a bad impression from day one and it's very, very hard to overturn those first impressions. So... I need to make sure that, that I am fully ready, but I don't know, just 1st of May seems really early to me, but I, I, I know it's, I know it's not. Um, and I think I was ready last time to go back at about seven months. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I've just got a. Uh, that's, that's the aim and we're, we'll readjust as time
0: goes on, as I say, kind of taking it day by day at the moment. I think for me, I quite like having a, a plan. Even if it's not exactly what you end up doing, but just having something planned that you're working towards yes. just I, I rather than just it just being a nebulous who knows when I'm going back type thing. I like having a plan, yeah a you know, structure be it one that might change.
1: I have spoken to some people who do say, you know, gosh, you should just really take your foot off the pedal for a few years, just um enjoy your children while they're young, you know don't there's no need to sort of push forward your career and think about. Promotions and all that sort of stuff, and I can totally understand that perspective. But I don't think that works for everyone. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't really want to take my foot off the pulse for numerous years. Um, I no. guess that's uh, that's sort of what this whole organisation is about: is that you know, not everyone wants to keep pushing forward their careers, but there are some people that do, um, including yeah. Alzi and I, and for me it is important to think about when kind of when the promotion timescales are and how that all works because you just don't want to miss the boat and i and also it makes a real difference financially and i think this is what older people perhaps forget so i think when you're sort of 55 or 60 you know towards the end of your career looking back you know often the advice i've had from elder people is saying you know it doesn't matter if it if you get promoted on year one or year five, you know, it's not going to make any difference, et cetera. But when you're living in the real world of, can I afford childcare this month? You know, how, how does, how is my disposable income looking? Like, can I afford a nanny? Can I not, you know, do I want to invest in a nanny? Um, you know, it really matters. You know, everyone's mortgages are going up probably. Um, yeah. you know, cost of living is going up. You know, it really does actually matter when you get promoted and when you get pushed forward in your career because it makes a real financial difference month to month and I do think that some of the advice of just oh just just relax for a few years is not quite understanding the reality of day-to-day when you are perhaps the breadwinner
0: of the family yeah I think that's right I think some people's advice is well-intentioned but not super helpful (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's being in the, in the nitty gritty of having children and being kind of on the ground, as it were, in the day to
0: day of it versus looking back at it 10 years later. And I think that's the other reason we want to like share voices of people, you know, like the guests that we've had on already and the guests that we've got to come is there's almost something like a little bit taboo about saying, oh, I really like my job. And, I really want to go back early and I really want to push forward. And I accept that that means that I won't see my children as much during the week as, you know, some peers, my, the same age as me, but we don't think that should be a taboo thing. If that's what you want to do, we think that there should be, you know, support and celebration for that in the right way. A hundred
1: percent. And also I, um, when I spoke, when I speak sometimes to elder women who perhaps their children are sort of in their teenage years or, you know, 10 plus, they say actually what's interesting is that the children don't necessarily need their mum specifically or dad specifically when they're really young you know you can you could give your child to a nanny a childminder a nursery practitioner you know a grandparent etc to be looked after and they don't really know who it is that's looking after them when they're really little actually it's when they're sort of a bit older you know two three four five that they actually really want mummy around so in a way in a way you know my understanding is that when they're a bit older they actually they come back from their day at school or whatever and they actually want to tell mummy specifically about their day or daddy specifically about their day not a, a, a carer and as a result actually those are the days when you really need to be be thoughtful about how you're structuring your your days and your careers etc so that you ensure you give your children enough time and actually in these early days it's less important obviously they need a lot of care and attention but it's less important who it is that's giving that care and attention which I actually yeah. always have in the back of my mind as something you know in terms of my career and how you structure it you know push forward now so that hopefully
0: maybe you could be a bit more flexible in the future if necessary the complexity of their needs increases so much, doesn't it? Because, you know, as a newborn, they need to be adequately fed, be comfortable, clean, dry, warm, and have good sleep. That's what they really need. And then as kids get older, it all becomes more complex, emotional, um, you know, all those other aspects to it.
1: Whereas that when they're really so young, true. really, it's...
0: it's uh, what they need is quite basic it's hard work to do but it is quite basic yeah
1: is it well, exactly I mean um <laughs> I've just done the um for any parent out there <laughs> you will know the feeling but my daughter Mindy's two and a half weeks old just fell asleep in my arms and <laughs> I just did the transition into the sleepy head <laughs>
0: Whilst, whilst doing we the haven't podcast, heard here.
1: There is no noise, so I think it's successful. So massive, massive whoop of joy! Which <laughs> for anyone that doesn't have children listening, you won't necessarily understand the whoop of joy <laughs> about transitioning a two and a half week old to their cot. But um, for for anyone
0: who does understand that, please just give me a virtual high five. And on the point of you know wanting to celebrate and support women who want to go back we have set up a pilot scheme for our new mentoring program which some of you might have seen about on our website or on a linkedin post um, and thank you so much to all the people who've signed up to be part of that pilot I'm really looking forward to getting all of your feedback we're basically trying to recreate, we're so excited <laughs> we're so excited we're trying to recreate the camaraderie and fun that comes from A bump and baby or nct group you know that's how joy and i met we know so many people who forge relationships by you know sharing their experience of of going through something that is quite difficult so we've put this group together we're getting a program together now of getting some really inspirational women to come speak to them setting up a whatsapp group so they can all share their experience talk about it support each other um, and then getting them all together as well to try and create relationships and actually work connections as well which is you know a great byproduct of what we're trying to do. So, thank you so much to the people who've signed up. We filled our pilot, which is amazing. And actually, massively
1: ins- oversubscribed, which yeah, is it's great. It's a bigger group than we
0: were expecting. <laughs> it's bigger than
1: we were expecting.
0: Yeah. If you're interested in doing it, in, so this we've signed up people for the, who are going back in the first quarter next year. If you're going back later than that, then there is a sign up on our website to sign up for Q2, three, and four next year as well. Um, get your name down for that. Obviously, you might not know exactly when you're going back, so there is a bit of an estimation involved. But hopefully, and we you can never know, you, you might
1: get Alzie and I on QT. <laughs> <laughs> we we will also be on the program looking
0: for support from other women who are going we back. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, thanks so much, and we'll we'll give you feedback as it goes, um and hopefully get some great ideas from the the amazing women who are joining us on the on the program. Yeah, we're super excited about it. Um, we've got lots of great ideas. And for those women who have signed
1: up, we will we'll be uh, sending out emails with more details about the dates, etc. Uh, so so stay posted. Um, we're, we're a bit delayed given our current uh, newborn stages, but, <laughs> but that is coming down the line. Um, and we're really looking forward
0: to the pilot scheme kicking off in Q1. I wonder, Joy, if we might wrap up with talking about what our most recent biggest highs and biggest lows are, which we ask all of our guests um so do you want to kick off with what your biggest high and low has been over the last few months of going on leave and welcoming the newest member to the family?
1: Yes, so biggest high is just transitioning home to the cot just now now, taking <laughs> um biggest high is. Probably last night she slept for her longest stint that she's ever done, uh, which I'm super happy about. Uh, so I actually feel more human today, and felt like I actually got a decent night's sleep last night. Uh, my biggest low is probably that uh, my toddler, my daughter, who's two, decided to well, not not her fault, but got ill the last week, and sadly had a temperature of 41 for the entire week <laughs> um and was up sort of two or three nights and there were times when minty my second daughter was fast asleep and my 2 year old was up all night and it was just absolutely shattering um so all is fine just about when the toddler sleep through the night but when they start waking for whatever reason uh, that is seriously tough when you've got two of them doing that um so that was probably
0: my biggest low so Alsie, what's your biggest high and your biggest low so my biggest low has definitely been spending time in hospital with my husband and um trying to sort out childcare arrangements and keep the show on the road at home when all of that drama was going on. That sounds really awful. Poor you. Yeah, it was, I have to say, it was really challenging. And thank God for for family and friends around to help. Um, honestly, hats off to anyone who's looking after children on their own. I simply don't know how anyone does it. It's It's unbelievably challenging. And in terms of my biggest high, my biggest high of late has definitely been seeing my eldest daughter interacting with um, my youngest it's quite rare she has sort of healthy disinterest I would say in spending any time more engaging with her but when she does sort of glimmers of the future friendship between them is just so amazing to watch and and such a joy oh that's such a good one I should have done that because actually that is really beautiful when you see them interacting
1: um it is like, absolutely gorgeous um and my toddler just loves the baby so much <laughs> baby sister it's so sweet
0: it's so sweet thank you so much for listening to our new woman who work podcast please help us to grow our listenership by subscribing reviewing and commenting and please do share with any friends or colleagues who you think may find this useful also join us on LinkedIn or sign up to the mailing list on our website www.womanwhowork.uk to ensure that you never miss any of our content. If you'd like to be involved with Women Who Work or have any ideas for us, then please do get in touch on email at hello at Thanks again.